Welcome back to See and Free Studio. So glad all of you could join us for this episode. Uh, you know, one of the things I've been reflecting on a lot lately is at what point in your life, either age or stage of life, do you become confident in your unique, special, and different, where you just know it's who you are uh, and you feel feel like that's your authentic self that you're going to go out in the world with. And, uh, and I thought that would be a really great question to explore with my next guest, since I'm ne nearly double her age. <laughs> uh, Sophie Wen uh, has, uh, I've gotten to know her in the last couple of months. She's the co-founder and CEO of Arglad. It's an HR tech solution uh, for organizations to help improve their cultures. And that's something that Sophie is really passionate about, and I want her to talk about that. Uh, she is a native to Vancouver, British Columbia, um, but spent a lot of time in Copenhagen and finished her degree there. Um, she's got a background in customer success and cybersecurity and, uh, and found a way to co-found a business in the middle of COVID with somebody that she's never met in person. And that just tells you a little bit about how resourceful <laughs> Sophie is. So with that, Sophie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so glad you're here. I've enjoyed so much getting to know you, Sophie, and are glad um, that you're working with. Uh, you want to tell people, you know, where are you? Obviously, you're. I think you're in Canada these days. And what are you doing? Yeah, so definitely in Vancouver, um, specifically in my apartment, which I barely left for the past year. Um, and we, yeah, we're good. We're, you know, kind of coming up to our first anniversary of Ari Glad kind of being in existence for about a year. And it's an amazing time to kind of reflect on the past year and everything that's happened, you know, for everybody, um, not just for the Ari Glad team, um, but definitely, you know, reflecting, as you said, on my co-founder, um, who I've never met in person, and you know, building this company from scratch um, during a pandemic. So that's kind of where we're at at the moment. And we're just, yeah, so excited to, to kind of chat with you today. Oh, good. Well, I, you know, I know I want to spend most of my time talking about you, but do you want to tell people a little bit about Araglad and the genesis of it uh, and, you know, why it was so important for you to start this company? Yeah, for sure. So as you mentioned, I, you know, came to Vancouver after I kind of hiatus in Copenhagen and my first job out of university was at a tech startup and it was the most typical tech startup you can imagine, you know, beanbag chairs, dogs running loose, um, beer pong table, beer fridge, and it was an amazing culture at face value. But after a couple of weeks, actually, I started to see the cracks um, that were kind of festering in the background. And specifically, my team in customer success um, really was experiencing this toxic culture, um, you know, kind of spearheaded by management. And it escalated to the point where the entire, my entire department quit um, almost at the same time. And at that point, that was about 25% of my team at this team. And so I moved on to a fantastic culture, kind of corporate world in cybersecurity, but that, that experience really stayed with me. And I was really surprised because I think, you know, in university and in high school, I had been following the Me Too movement and Time's Up movement really closely. And it's just as everyone says, you know, you never expect to for that to happen to you or for you to experience that firsthand. And so I think experiencing it so early on in my career was kind of shocking to me. And I was wondering, you know, is this what I'm kind of signed up for for the rest of my career uh, in some form or another? 
And as well as, you know, this company is still going to be in existence, managers are still there. And I, you know, was thinking about all the other people that are going to be going through a similar experience. And so when I was working at this company, I started to think about, you know, what were what were the causations of that situation? And when I was speaking to managers, both, you know, HR managers and kind of external to HR managers, the overwhelming response that I was getting for why um, you know, culture issues and challenges may go unaddressed is a lack of support. And managers may just not know what to do in those situations, and they just don't feel that level of support that's needed to really make a difference. So when we officially started Are You Glad, um, which was at the very beginning of the pandemic, we were completely focusing on our research, so doing many more interviews with managers and HR managers and we continue to get that feedback. So we started out as a kind of anonymous reporting platform so employees can reach out anonymously or not with their managers through Slack, um, kind of in the environment that they live and breathe in, especially during COVID. But it's really progressed into a support system for HR. So HR is able to you know, delegate tasks and kind of track cases. And even, you know, if they're dealing with something independently with employees or if a manager is dealing with something independently on their team, being able to track that and get the support that they need to remediate any situation. So that's kind of the, uh, yeah, the genesis of, you know, Are You Glad? And um, yeah, it's definitely the, the mission that, you know, gets me out of bed every morning and really, really fuels this company forward. Yes, and, and you know, I love that you're explaining your background and your own experience because that you found a solution, uh, hopefully, for an experience that you had that was not a positive one, you know, and you, you took that opportunity to say, like, I don't want this experience going forward, and so I'm going to try to find, a, you know, a way, a, one, one way to help address that. You know, that, that is exactly what I see in you, Sophia, as I've gotten to know you. I would love for for people to hear your perspective on your unique, special, and different. You know, what is that thing that fuels you to find solutions to problems and, and to just not just settle for what is? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I think a lot of it has just been a focus on, I mean, it gets, you know, it's maybe a boring answer, but definitely a big part of it is just perfectionism and um, wanting to be the best at everything. So, you know, if I want to solve a, a problem, if I have a challenge in front of me, I want to do the best possible, um, you know, methodology of solving that problem. And I think, you know, what really fuels that is the really want to do something good and the really i have such a a deep passion for making a positive impact in the world um you know when i was younger my biggest icon was jane goodall and i would follow her really closely do all the research i could on jane goodall and you know everything that she went through um in kind of accomplishing her goal to save the chimpanzees and i really apply that to a lot of um areas of my life and you know, even, you know, moving to Denmark when I was 18, right after finishing up high school, um, was really the pursuance of adventure and, you know, wanting to have a exciting, you know, early adulthood. And so, yeah, you know, I just, I fling myself into things. I fling myself into situations that are difficult and challenging, but that's where I really find that I flourish. Um, and because I'm such a perfectionist or because I, you know, am a very focused personality, I find myself, you know, making the really exciting uh, situations out of, out of challenges. So hopefully that answers your question, but it's, it's definitely hard to kind of know exactly what makes you tick because that's kind of what makes it so exciting. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think you're right. You know, sometimes the whole point of life is to figure it out. Like that's the journey. <laughs> you know, is to to t take those risks which you've done, uh, go after some of those great opportunities, uh, and then. But I, what I also like about what you're saying is not only did I go and do this stuff, but my perfectionistic uh, way uh, of kind of making sure that my solution or the thing, the way I'm approaching something, is is as tight as it can be. And I and I think that's also those two things together, I think, are probably fueling you, uh, your USD from, from what I know of you. Was there a point in time, Sophie, where that the, the perfectionistic part of you became clear, where you kind of discovered you're like, I, I'm wired this way? Yeah, it's funny. I think when I was younger, it really worked against me. Um, I it would kind of fester into anxiety, and I would, you know, if I started a project and I was seeing that it wasn't perfect initially, I would, you know, have a really hard time kind of moving past that and, and making it perfect um, over time rather than right away. And I think, you know, one of the things that really turned that trait into a positive in my life was acknowledging that and. You know, the way that I like to explain it um, is, you know, if you're looking at a, a painting and you're really, really close up to the painting and your nose is like touching the painting, um, you're really not going to be able to, to see the full picture. Um, and I think that's kind of where my perfectionism can go if it goes unchecked. And so it's really important to kind of take that step back, look at the whole picture, understand what's going on. And that's really what's going to give you the opportunity to, you know, actually perfect uh, whatever you're trying to, to, to work on. So. I think that's when I realized that it was perfectionism rather than a lack of ability. Um, that's really where I was able to to flourish and use that that um, yeah kind of personality trait. Yeah. Well, I started the show talk, talking about you know at what stage of life you know do do people uh, kind of discover these things about themselves. Do you think a lot of youth are able to be that introspective like you were and and start to kind of figure that out? And if if so, what advice would you give them? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I mean, I think it was also, you know, a lot of the situations in early stages of my life were kind of challenges. So one of the, you know, we moved to Denmark when I was about 10 years old. We lived in a really tiny town. I didn't speak a word of Danish. And then we lived there for a year and a half. And then we traveled around Asia, my whole family. We backpacked, um, the five of us, for about six months before moving back to, to Vancouver. And I think that was a really unique situation. And it was really challenging to, I mean, in many, many different ways. But I think, you know, moving back to Vancouver even and, you know, being 13 and kind of starting high school and, not really knowing what would have happened between when I was nine and 13 was a challenge in itself. And I think being able to kind of overcome those challenges um, over the years really instilled a, a sense of confidence in myself. And when you are able to look back at challenges and really you know, hard challenges that you had overcome, uh, it, really, it really sparks something in you. It makes you realize that you're stronger than you think and you can take on hard things and you can you can do hard things. And I think when I really look back on, on that uh, life experience, that is what kind of maybe made me realize how capable I am um, at an earlier stage than, than some might. So yeah, I think that's kind of what I would say has been a, a huge asset to me and, and my life, but also career. Yes, and I mean that's a great story, and I, I you know, it, it totally speaks to what you said, which is you, you 
go out, you try things, you know, and you and you tackle them. And uh, now, obviously, you're you're trying to lead a business. Is there anything that you you know either? Uh, some sort of reminder, some way for you to keep that present as you're going through your day, because you're going to have tough days, you're going to have unfamiliar situations. Uh, is there anything that you do for yourself to stay focused and remind yourself of, of what's driving you? I think it really comes down to failure and being comfortable with failure. And I think that's a really talked about discussion and topic, but I think it's so important. And it's you know, it's talked about a lot, but I feel like our society is inherently not kind to failure in a lot of ways. And, you know, you need to be specialized and you need to be, you know, perfect and have the great resume and have the, you know, seamless work experience. And I think a lot of people get nervous with the idea of failure and especially public failure. And I think on the days where, you know, it's tough and things aren't going my way, I remind myself of that. And I feel like that's actually the situation where you need to take even more risks and, you know, calculated risks for sure. But I think the comfortability with failure and where that can take you and the amazing places it can lead uh, to eventual success is really the hardest, one of the hardest things about being an entrepreneur. Um, because yeah, necessarily you're not going to be kind of talking about that all day, every day, because then no one's gonna follow you anywhere if you're kind of saying, I'm just so excited to you know, potentially fail. But it's something that has to be inherent in you and something that you have to know yourself um, in order to, to fuel the company forward. Yeah, and uh, you, you know, I, I have seen that with you. You're probably one of the best I've seen at taking feedback and learning from uh, situations, and uh, and I've seen that in just getting to know you in the short amount of time that I've gotten to know you. Uh, and I think you know, encouraging other people to see it that way, which is the failure is is learning, uh, an opportunity for learning. And um, I love that you are are doing that uh, as you're growing your your business. Um, you know, Sophie, I I guess. Uh, one of the things I was going to ask you is, are, are there any failures, though, in your life um, that you felt like, whoa, this, was, <laughs> this is the one I really learned from, and that's where this, this uh, you know, newfound confidence comes from? Yeah, um, so right after I, I moved to Denmark, I had been planning to start my degree right away, and I discovered that my I had accidentally deferred uh, for a year, and so I suddenly was in Denmark, and I had no, no no plan, literally nowhere to go, no no housing, and so I signed up for something called Hoy School, which is basically like a finishing school where you can specialize in something. So I just took cooking, and I did a, like a cooking course in Copenhagen for about five months, and we went to Berlin and Italy, and it was really exciting, but it was also really hard because I was again in this situation where, you know, the language wasn't, um, I wasn't fluent in necessarily. And I was in a city I didn't know. And once those five months were up, um, I found myself not really have anything to do, which if you know me, you know, I do not do well in situations where I have nothing to do. So I, again, I just, I bought a ticket to Indonesia and I just went to Indonesia and kept doing that and kind of backpacked around Asia again, um, solo this time, and just kept buying tickets to different places in the area um, to kind of, yeah, kind of fuel that need for challenges. But I think that year, you know, looking back on it, it sounds amazing, but I think that year in overall was really difficult because I didn't have a plan. And there were a lot of situations where I was like, okay, this is, this is not great. And um, I need to figure out a way to make this better. Um, but 
yeah, I think that that's probably the one of the biggest situations in my life and most prolonged um, situations in my life where it's been more kind of failure after failure and kind of having to make the best out of it every single day. Yeah, that's that's I thank you for sharing that. Uh, and and you're right. I mean, like you said, it almost sounds like a dreamlike situation what you got to do as a result of something that uh, wasn't great, right? Uh, the deferment led you to backpack around <laughs> the world and see probably a lot of the world that you wouldn't otherwise see. Uh, and I think uh, all of us, having had some rough times lately uh, globally, um, could remember that. You know that there's there's lots of good things to come of, of tough situations, and, and you've shown that in, in what your your story shared. Um, I have a section of the show where I like to ask a random question, and um, yeah. you get to pick a number to uh, see which question that you get. So the number needs to between be between one and twenty-five. What would you choose? I'll choose six. Six. All right. Ooh. Okay. Who is one person in your life that you'd like to thank for helping you discover your unique, special, and different? It's mm, a really good question. I think this is, this is going to maybe sound really narcissistic, but I would probably just want to thank myself because it was really on my own that I was able to discover my unique self. And it was, you know, that situation of having my nose way too close to the painting and forcing myself to take a step back. Um, there really wasn't anyone else involved in that process. It was just you know, me, whether I was backpacking solo or I was, you know, figuring out how to, you know, be a student in a foreign country or starting a company on my own. Um, each of those situations, I had to be, had to take my, I had to stop overthinking and I had to take myself out of the situation as if I was going to be perfect at it um, right away. And yeah, I think just being really comfortable with myself and being confident in myself and being confident with failure has yeah, it just really changed the game for me. And I have amazing, an amazing family and an amazing support system, but it was also my ability to leverage that support system and making sure that I am um, supported at the times that I needed to that has helped me through um, those difficult moments. So yeah, I'm just gonna, you know, be super narcissistic and say myself. I will take it. I love that. I think we all need uh, to, you know, I had a guest on, uh, Deanna Hansen, also from Canada, and I asked her, you know, what she would have liked to have told herself uh, years ago as she was discovering her unique, special, and different, and she said to be kind to herself. And I think you you taking credit for all of that uh, self-reflection and growth uh, is 100% uh, the right thing to do. So I, I love oh, it. Thanks, John. Yeah. Um, Sophie, I, you know, one thing I'm trying to do for people is um, raise their awareness of, of certain nonprofits that we want to see in free uh, here at See and Free Studio. And um, you have one in particular. And I know you just adopted a, a cat. And so uh, you mm -hmm. have a new furry friend at home. Um, would you like to talk a little bit about a, a, the British Columbia Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals? Yeah, definitely. So it's a charity that has really been a big part of my life, even though this is the first time that we've adopted uh, an animal. Um, they do amazing work. I think the last statistic I saw was they save about 40,000 animals. They care for 40,000 animals a year in British Columbia only. And, you know, on top of, you know, catching strays and finding them new homes, they've also been hugely in 
helpful in the wildfires that Vancouver and British Columbia and Alberta has experienced over the years, um, really housing both wild animals and uh, domestic animals throughout those crises. And so I think they've just done incredible work and they've worked tirelessly for the well-being of animals. And, you know, we had a, a cat, we adopted a cat uh, a couple, about a month ago, and she actually passed away two weeks after we had adopted her because she had been at a, just a really terrible situation before. She'd been, you know, starved and really had a tough go of it. And we were so heartbroken when she passed away, but I was also able to see up close how the SPCA handled that situation. The amount of, uh, you know, resources they invested in this this old cat that had been through so much, and they were, you know, not they were fighting for her until the very very end. And I was so appreciative um, to have that experience. And now we have a six month old kitten uh, who is, you know, doing really great, and we're so thankful for him. But overall, just an incredible charity that I'm just so happy to support today. Yes, good. I and I I want to raise awareness. Uh, animals, I think, especially have pulled through. Uh, as many of us have been in isolation this past year, I think people have started to really see the value of, of taking care of our animals. And uh, I love uh, that you you gave uh, one cat a chance uh, at a better life, and and now have given another. So please, everyone, support the BC SPCA. Uh, and we want to bring attention to the cause and make sure that we can take care of more animals in the world. Uh, and so, Sophie, thanks for bringing attention to them. I, I want to hear what's next for you. What are you going to do next? Where are you going to be focused? Yeah, I mean, right now we're just focused on building the business. Um, we are so excited to have you as an advisor and you have been so instrumental in kind of giving a, a new perspective to how we can continue growing the business. And I think we're just going to be trying to find new advisors in different spaces that can help provide that really invaluable insight. So I think it's going to be, again, putting our, myself in some uncomfortable situations and challenges, but eventually, you know, really going to be moving the, the business forward as, as well and as quickly as we can. So I think that's going to be our, our main focus. And of course, all from the, the comfort of my own home since we can't leave um, for the foreseeable future. So yeah, I think that's kind of where we're going to be focusing on for the next few months. Yeah, yeah, and, and and thank you for that. I very much appreciated being part of your journey and uh, and investing in you. And I think I told you that I'm investing in you, um, and I I just see such immense potential in what you're trying to do, uh, and 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 helping, like you said, the human resource professionals who are quite burnout um, and have been on the other side of a lot of uh, a lot of change in, in the workplace and and could use some help. And I think what you've done with Glad is is going to be a, a real great tool and technology for them to help them focus on the stuff that's that they should be focused on, which is building great cultures and great environments for people where they can do their best work, have fun. All of that stuff is where they want to be focused. And so we want to take uh, some of the pain away, um, uh, you know, that comes with the job. And and I think you're doing a great job of that, Sophie. And 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 I hope that we do increase your network because at the end of the day, you're trying to make workplaces better. Uh, and that's one thing I wanted to make sure you got to share is is why are glad. What's, what's the name mean? Yes, that's a great story. Um, so we were called Spotlight at the very beginning, and it was a horrible name because nobody could find us online. The, you know, SEO did not work whatsoever. And so I, so of course my background is Danish. My co-founder is from Turkey originally. 
So we began to take words that really resonated with our brand in English, like teamwork and um, you know, workplaces and all of those amazing you know, words that we wanted to kind of associate with our team. And we translated them over to our native languages. And so one of the words that's very unique to Scandinavia is Arbeitsglil, which literally means happy at work and that you love your job, you're waking up every morning, excited to go to work. And so it's a bit of a mouthful. So we shortened that to Ari Glad, A-R-I Glad. And we chose a bee, a honeybee as our logo to kind of represent a thriving beehive all working together for a common goal. And then after everything was said and done, Ali let us know that Ari in uh, Turkish actually means be. So the name literally means be happy or be glad, um, which we just love and it totally works uh, for what we're trying to do. It does, and I, I love that story uh, and the fact that the two of you found each other uh, during uh, this time. And and Ali, by the way, uh, shout out to Ali. He is an amazing technologist yes. uh, that's working with Sophie and Araglad, uh, and they are off to the races. They're going to do great things. You know, Sophie, we started the show talking about the. You know, at what point do you find your unique, special, and different? And I think you have found yours. But like you said, it's a journey, a lifetime of experiences that help you build up your confidence and your your unique, special, and different, and just reinforce it over time, or help you look at it from different angles. And I, I think that is exactly the message that we want to send everyone: is uh, it's it's a lifelong journey, um, and and something that uh, you constantly have to just revisit and, and constantly access uh, in good times and bad. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on the show and doing this with me. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. And yeah, I, I still can't get over that you're sitting in the same set with the Mandalorian in this film. So yeah. I'm just, you know, so excited <laughs> to be part of it. <laughs> yes, for everybody that doesn't know, we are on the lot in Manhattan Beach, uh, at Manhattan Beach Studios, working with an a incredible crew here uh, under the gui uh, guidance of Mark Nicholas. Uh, and uh, this actually, and we'll talk about it later, but this is my garden shed uh, uh, here that I have built uh, since COVID came around and I sit outside for a little bit of separation. My family kicked me out long ago, uh, but we've recreated it here in the studio and uh, and it's been, a, it's been great fun. It's been a, a fantastic experience and I've got a great crew of people helping me make this work. Um, so thanks Sophie for coming on. I, uh, I will definitely be talking to you probably in 10 minutes after we um, close the show. Um, but please get out and support um, the SPCA. Uh, the QR code, just take a picture of it on, with your phone. We'll play it again here in a little bit. And we really want to make sure that we support them and we support Sophie as she grows her business and tries to change the world of work. Thanks, Sophie. Thank you, Jen. So with that, that everyone, uh, that's a, a wrap on today's episode. Please subscribe and visit us at seeandfreestudio.com. You can find us on YouTube and on my LinkedIn. Uh, we want to see you every week and have an opportunity for you to also explore what makes you unique, special, and different.